Brandon Brands. Hi everyone, Goldie here, and I'm so excited to be on Brands, on Brands, on Brands. And what are we going to talk about today? Brands. <laughs> In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in each week as we talk to marketing thought leaders and entrepreneurs that are changing the game to bring to you the top tips in marketing, how to build your brand, how to build your business. And today is no exception. We have an amazing guest today. Her name's Goldie Chan also known as the green-haired Oprah of LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, she's a LinkedIn creator. Her video channel on LinkedIn garnered 3 million vi- views in under a year. She's won the LinkedIn Top Voice Award, which is the highest honor on the platform. She's the longest running, she has the longest running daily show uh, on LinkedIn with the global community. She's been broadcasting live for two years straight now. Not, not live, I should say, daily. She's been broadcasting daily on the platform, but she was the first, one of the first like couple, I would say, live creators on LinkedIn uh, when they announced LinkedIn Live. And, and they had that beta program, which is still in beta when I'm recording this. So yeah, she's a top LinkedIn creator, a digital strategist, a personal branding expert. She also runs a corporate social media strategy agency called Warm Robots. And that's where she helps companies tell engaging brand stories, navigate C-level executives towards building their personal brands. And she's grown up like leading media strategy for tech and entertainment companies. So has the experience there. But really what I'm bringing to you guys today is her story of being a creator on a platform that didn't lend itself to creation when they were starting out. And someone who stuck to this idea of creating in a format that made sense for her, even when people were telling her not to. And after 730 videos plus, both daily videos and live videos, over 5 million engaged views, over 50,000 global followers, and running this (laughs) this longest running daily channel on LinkedIn, someone who really just still is very down to earth, is out there doing something fun that she loves, that she's passionate about. And that creation, that content creation, that putting herself into the position to just do the things that she loves has turned into a business for her, has turned into what is now supporting her in in her life. So she gets to do the things she loves. She gets to meet interesting people, all because she stuck to this idea of, I'm doing something that I know is interesting, that I know is valuable. And even if someone tells me I can't do it or I shouldn't do it, I believe in what I'm doing. And I hope that you guys take that message away today that anyone out there can become a creator, can have a perspective that they feel like sharing, can develop their personal reputation, whether you're staying in corporate or becoming an entrepreneur, that building that personal brand is valuable, that getting your perspective developed, that having a way to connect with more people is the opportunity that's out there in front of you. And my chat with Goldie today is nothing but examples of what it takes to really succeed and commit to the process of investing in yourself and developing yourself as a person. You are your only asset. You are your best asset. And investing in that and developing yourself and developing your reputation and your skills is, I think, the thing that will unlock your potential for the future. And I'm just so excited to bring you my interview with Goldie today, and I hope you guys enjoy. Check it out. Brandon Brands. All right. I'm excited to bring to you guys today, Miss Goldie Chan of LinkedIn fame. Uh, first off, Goldie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. It's a little, it's a little bit hectic here as I'm currently in Toronto at a conference, but always fun. Yeah. And if you watch any of Goldie's content, you know she's out and about out there in the real world with most of her content creation. So 
I know this is a podcast format, but I'm sure my listeners will, will be forgiving because of, of how much you're going to bring to us today. So uh, no worries on that. And the reason I'm excited to, to, that we get to talk today is that one of the hottest topics right now in marketing is live streaming video, content creation. And let's start there. Uh, how are you using live these days? Where can people find you? Because it's not where I think most people would expect. Sure. So you can always find me and my content on LinkedIn. I was one of the first, I want to say two or three people on LinkedIn live in the world. So there was myself, uh, my friend, Kathy Heckel, a couple of other people who just kind of got added in the, the mix and, and it's expanding. So they're expanding the live streaming beta currently on LinkedIn. It's a pretty exciting time to be part of a live streaming community that's really nascent. It's very, very new, but definitely growing and people are quite enthusiastic. And I think it's actually very interesting that we're getting people who are seasoned live streamers who have been on Facebook, been on YouTube, uh, and they're translating or trying to translate or transfer their audiences from these other platforms onto LinkedIn versus I grew my, my platform completely natively on LinkedIn. I know people think I had a huge presence somewhere else first, but it is actually completely LinkedIn first. Yeah, which I mean, it's it's super impressive. Not just that the uh, the amount, like where you've decided to build, which I want to talk about, but also, I mean, over seven hundred thirty videos from the last place I checked, both videos and live, five million over five million engaged views, and one of the the, the longest running daily channel on LinkedIn. Is that still true? I mean, it has to be. Like, who would have caught up to you? I think that somebody attempted to, the first year that I was doing videos, somebody attempted to do videos. However, I like to say that mine is the longest running daily channel with fully original content, right? So I never repost or republish unless it's a clip of me, but then I'll also still do original bumpers front and back um, onto them. So nobody else has actually done, I want to say original, completely original content for maybe more than 30 or 40 days in a row. So at 730, I welcome anyone who wants to try to jump in and beat that. Um, <laughs> please, I welcome original content in particular because there's a lot of people who are repurposing content. And of course, I don't mean content that you've created from other platforms, but I see a lot of people who are naughty, scraping illegally content from, <laughs> um, from say, Entrepreneur Inc. or something like that, and then put, putting it on LinkedIn and Right now, they aren't being deemed for it, but they, I feel that they will be as the platform gets more mature. Yeah. And I think one of the strengths is you, you, do, you do get more creative. And even when, when people were trying to figure out how to use even like LinkedIn posts and be consistent, you were out there creating video in a format that like people might have been, this isn't what LinkedIn is for. I mean, this, we're talking a few years now uh, that you've been doing this there. When when that was happening and you're deciding, I'm going to do this on LinkedIn. I mean, there were other platforms with more daily active users, uh, more searchable content to be at, like more rewarding to create. Still, still probably more searchable content. <laughs> right. So like, where did this idea come from? Like, why, why, why go all in on LinkedIn? So I think it's really funny because I was, I just wrapped up a role as head of marketing at a social analytics startup. And I was in my one month sabbatical. So I'm about two weeks into a month and I get into the LinkedIn video beta. Now I think this is the perfect time to create content no one will ever see. <laughs> because at the time, because it was so new, so LinkedIn had rolled it out previously, I think to some individuals and then some brands. So some brands were already trying to, like BuzzFeed was trying to do LinkedIn videos. Some individuals were trying to do LinkedIn videos. And I got into the beta along with kind of like a cohort, I would say of 10 individuals, just regular people, right? Who didn't really have a social presence anywhere else. And it was such a fun and uh, heady time because we were creating all this content that only 10 other people watched because nobody else was watching our videos. Everyone thinks that, you know, the first videos that each of us produced or launched had millions of views. Absolutely not true. So I was so excited because I was like, oh, look, I have 10 friends who are going to give guarantee me those 10 views and possibly five likes because you have drop off on the lines. <laughs> um, and it was, I think it was just such a fun time to be an early creator on a platform. And I have to say, this is my timeline. So I started creating, I started by creating one video, one video became two videos, 
two became five, five became 10, around 10 LinkedIn. And I grew up in Silicon Valley. And I actually, ironically, didn't know anyone at LinkedIn. But LinkedIn independently found me and said, your videos are weird. And they're not how we intended to use the platform, which is the great irony now, because as you know, Brandon, I teach the official course on how to do LinkedIn videos and LinkedIn brought me in to do that. And they don't, and they don't call it the how to be weird. It's like, this is how to do it. <laughs> it's now. just how to do it for our, uh, brands and marketers. But um, yeah, 10 videos in there like, hey, we just want to keep an eye on you because you are not using the platform in the way that we originally intended this product to be used. And I was like, am I in trouble? Because you know, I'll stop if I'm in trouble. They're like, no, no, no. We just want to watch you very closely. So, um, so I just, I thought that was super funny. So, you know, 10 videos, because I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. But there was always going to be a stop point. So I was like, at 10 videos, I'm like, I'm going to stop at 30 because that's insane. 30 daily videos, that's, that's a whole month of videos. I'm going to stop there those first 30 days before before you like because I, I i i obviously you got to a surprise you got to 700 right yeah <laughs> those first 30 i gotta imagine when you're doing you'd be like oh this isn't worth it like why why well, am i literally no one was watching i mean like i said i was in a very small cohort of people who were watching it and then maybe one or two of my friends watched it as a curiosity like they would watch halfway through and be like this is terrible first of all I would have to say that I had so many naysayers just in general. Everybody said, you should be on YouTube creating content. You should be on Instagram creating content. You should be on Twitter creating video content. Like you should be literally on any other platform that you could possibly think about creating content. I actually had quite a few people who tried to get me, especially when Facebook Watch launched, which was, I think, during year one of me creating content. A friend of mine got me into the Facebook Watch beta and they're like, change tactics, Goldie, because LinkedIn isn't working for you. So get over to Facebook Watch, which now, you know, me and my friend, we laugh at because Facebook Watch isn't doing so hot. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey. And I want to say about 50 videos in, a friend of mine sends me a DM on Facebook and he's like, hey, I just edited a video that you're in. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what, what was it? And he's like, it's a keynote from Jeff Weiner about the top content creators on LinkedIn right now. And I'm just like, wait, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I've been hired by this company to edit these videos. And he's like, you're in it. He's like, here's a copy, but this is you, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in a keynote with Jeff Weiner. Like, that's amazing. So that's around when I thought maybe this has legs. And once again, I still wasn't doing it to monetize at that point. I was just doing it to creatively express myself while waiting to get my next job. Right. So I'm like waiting to get my next job. I'm like, I should, I've really buckled down and get serious about the job hunt. I'm on LinkedIn every day. Maybe that's what I should be doing instead of creating video content. And then about video 80, truly the nuttiest thing happened to me. And I was sick. It was Halloween. I had already uploaded my daily video. So we're all good. Then the craziest thing happened. I start getting all these texts. All, all my LinkedIn friends are texting me. They're like, you need to get on LinkedIn right now. I don't know what you're doing, but you clearly haven't seen this yet. And I'm like, seen what? They're like, I'm not going to tell. No one would tell me. So finally, I like, crawl, I'm dead. So I'm like, crawled over. I crawled over. I grabbed my phone. I log it. And uh, it's me, but not me. So the head of video, Peter Roybal, who's now a friend of mine, he bought a green wig and he dressed up as me for Halloween. And they made a fake LinkedIn video frame. Uh, and there's like behind the scenes of this because every everyone thought was hilarious. So I'm an official costume at LinkedIn for the LinkedIn video team, uh, which I think is hilarious. And I don't take any of this seriously. So I think it's all super, super funny. Um, and around this same time, I started, people started using this nickname, the Oprah of LinkedIn, which once again, I didn't take seriously until it went to press. So suddenly it was in press and suddenly it became real as well. And I will say, I, I did not call myself the top video creator on LinkedIn for a very long time. And when LinkedIn had me record that video course, LinkedIn wrote in copy into my teleprompter that said I was number one. And I was reading the copy that I had written. And I'm reading, I'm reading. And then I get to that point and I'm like, I'm, guys, I'm not going to say this. It's like, I don't want to alienate my audience. I don't want other people to feel that they can't be number one, right? Because I feel saying that makes people feel that they can't reach that, that 
goal as well. And plus, I just didn't actually think that I was number one at the time. And LinkedIn made me say it. And then it was canon because I was literally in a LinkedIn course on LinkedIn videos saying I was top LinkedIn creator approved by LinkedIn corporate. So that was nutty. Uh, and then all these other things happened. <laughs> yeah. And for the, for the listeners out there that haven't gotten the pleasure of watching a Goldie Chan video, you should absolutely go to LinkedIn right now, look her up and, and watch a video. And what you'll see is the, the trademark green hair, yeah. uh, bright green with, you know, short, shorter length hair. And uh, it is, you know, you'll, then you'll start to see other people trying to impersonate, I'm sure, the style. But uh, that's when she's talking about costumes. That just is what makes, that's like why that visual is so easy to recognize as a, as a Halloween costume. And, you know, as a creator now that's, that's been doing this, you mentioned repurposing. And that's almost the kind of thing we tell people to do. Like we, you know, when we're giving advice, like the marketing 101, well, create in one place and then distribute in a lot of places. At the beginning, was that something you were considering? And if you, since you didn't go that route, or maybe you did for a little bit, was that, why was that not on your agenda? I will say that there was, I will not name them. There was another creator that started at the same time as me. And what they did was they put all their videos on YouTube, right? And at the same time, they were lecturing me that I was really dumb, that I didn't put my videos on YouTube and that everything should be YouTube optimized. And I said, well, I love, and I've been in, I was in digital marketing for over a decade before I even started doing videos on LinkedIn. I just said, I love making content that's specifically tailored for the platform that I'm on. And because this is a new wild, wild west platform, I'm going to experiment instead of trying to force YouTube format onto LinkedIn, which I believe if all of us in that early group had just done completely beautiful YouTube style videos, that would likely actually be the format that everyone adopts now. But that wasn't the case. So I have to say that for better or for worse, the vlog format is because of me. And why did I choose the vlog format? Well, so I'm in the producer's guild. I actually produce content, pretty serious content, but I never learned how to edit. Because I always could hire an editor. But when I was doing these videos, I was like, I don't want to put budget behind this. You know, my team is working on other bigger projects. I'm just going to learn how to do it myself. So my first video actually for LinkedIn, I accidentally deleted. So I had to shoot it all over again. And my first 30 videos, completely unedited. Com- like no text, no nothing, like no, no clean cuts. So there's like that weird wobble where you're holding it. I did vlogs because I didn't know how to do any other kind of video because I didn't know how to edit. And everyone saw that I was doing vlogs. So they started to think that vlogging is the proper way to do a LinkedIn video. And that is the great irony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, what's funny about that is it's, it's definitely, I think it opens the door, right? It makes it so that it's accessible. Anyone can do it. If you can cut out the issues, the worry about having to edit out the mistakes, having to find some professional tool that you don't know how to use like live also, which is complicated for its own reasons. And, and, but now like this format that lends itself to being more raw and making mistakes and sharing that opens the door up to to more people. So I think that there's something there especially, but I can't, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine like what it would, like what's going through your head when people are telling you, you're just straight doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, like I, the, the, the courage. So I will say the first three to four months that I was doing daily consecutive videos, people said I was wrong all the time. My mentors said I was nuts. You know, they're like, please go get a job if that's what you want to do. My friends were, were just like, why are you spending so much time on this thing? You should be on Instagram, right? And, and a couple of my friends, I live in Los Angeles. So of course, a couple of them are Instagram influencers and they have huge followings. So they're like, why are you wasting your time on LinkedIn? That's weird and, and uncool, which I will say. So somebody at LinkedIn said, Goldie, you somehow made LinkedIn cool again. Or you not again, but you somehow made it cooler. <laughs> um, and I think, It's just bringing that enthusiasm that other people have for other platforms onto the LinkedIn platform and helping people understand it isn't just a resume site. You can create really thoughtful, meaningful, helpful content on LinkedIn. And I don't mean like salacious, trashy, attention-grabbing content. I mean, actually very interesting, useful, educational content. Like I... For myself, I don't actually like videos where people just rattle off a ton of names. 
because they're just trying to get people to like that video because they've been mentioned in that video. To me, that's not educational content. That's, you know, that's that attention grabbing content. But I love seeing videos from people who are like, I'm doing this series of five videos on like mental health and I'm a mental health care provider. I love those videos because they're trying to give information back into the ecosystem. Uh, and that's something that I've tried to really instill in all of my videos. So even my silly like, hey guys, I'm visiting Pixar today, right? Even those videos, I try to put in an element of education or thoughtfulness. Like if you were making an animated version of your life, like what would be key bullet points in your business career that you would put into that? So I just love giving people questions that make them really rethink their trajectory at the very minimum or where they want to go next or where they've been. I think those are always helpful. Yeah. And there's definitely... When you look at the kinds of videos you've created online, it's not even what I would think people would expect because, you know, they're like, oh, it's LinkedIn. It's got to be, you know, professional events and speaking and, you know, only these kinds of videos. You have gotten very creative with the way you show content, number one, but also what's in it, like the context of it, the things you talk about, whether it's things you're personally interested in or actually helpful information or whatever that is, you've gotten really creative with it. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about like, a, like what you think of as the types of things you talk about, like what's your North Star and uh, how you come up with some of these ideas that you, that you have. So one of my friends gave me a tagline, which I now use because what's better than, and I will say even my hashtag, hashtag Daily Goldie was crowdsourced because my audience wanted a hashtag. So about 60, 70 videos in, everybody else was giving themselves hashtags. And I just asked my audience, I was like, what do you want? So then a bunch of them said Daily Goldie and I was like, done. <laughs> that is my new hashtag. And I love that, right? But when I think of my North Star, when I think of my purpose, that, that is my tagline. So my tagline is social media with purpose. And I always think purpose leads down to one word, which is why. Why are you doing what you do? Why are things working? Why are things not working? And how can we get them to work better for you? Or how can we get closer to our goals, right? So I always think it's like the big why and then the how. And that's what I use to drive all of my content. Like, why am I at this place right now? Um, how can it help you, right? How can what I'm learning here help you or help my audience out so they can get some learning lessons from it? So they can also maybe, if it's very experiential in a way that other people can't, participate in. Like I was at the Stranger Things pop-up in Hollywood. Very cool. And I love that because that's experiential marketing. So I love dissecting things in a way that other people, they go through and they're like, oh, I just love Stranger Things and I'm just here and it's fun. And I love having people think about why it's fun, right? And how you can apply that kind of fun to your own business and your own brand. Because I'm obsessed with branding and personal branding. And I think the most fun thing to do is to help people understand better their brand or the brand that they're part of and trying to build. Yeah, I'd say fun is a good word for it. It's like you, you definitely have found a way to continue to do things that you seem to be interested in, but they're also interesting for the audience. And whether it's playing board games or going to like a cool new pop-up or even just visiting, you know, Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, you, you bring the fun into... And you can see it when you're talking about the content. You're exact. You're enjoying what you're doing. You're enjoying where you're at, even if you're exhausted. Like you know, you traveled to Canada last night on a you know red eye, and you're giving us yeah. time today. How do you keep the fun in? How do you like? You know, you talk about your why and your how, but how do you keep it fun overall, like in the content? So I noticed that some people have tried to, which I completely understand, right? Replicate the fun aspect, but what they're missing is the part of enjoyment. So they are go they're creating content at theme park, but it's very forced. It, they're, they're like, hi, I am riding a roller coaster and it is super fun and I really enjoy this. If that's not your cup of tea, if you don't enjoy that, why are you creating content around that? I feel like whatever you want to talk about, whatever your filter is, and I see like all of that as a filter, right? Taking you to Pixar as a filter, taking you to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter as a filter for my message. But if you don't enjoy the filter, why are you... Why are you taking us there? Because there's nothing to me that's more unattractive than watching people kind of struggle through and hate what they're doing 
And especially, let's be honest, LinkedIn doesn't have any way to directly monetize those videos. So if you're creating those videos for free and or have a cost associated with them and you don't enjoy them, it's going to be very obvious to your audience. And if you're trying to do them to bring in customers and clients in the door, they will like you a lot less if you look like you were just painfully struggling through what you have to say. Because why would I hire you if you don't like what you do? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And what's interesting is as you've started to move down this road, you, when you didn't go into it thinking, I'm going to become a, a creator that gets paid to create or you know, monetizes off of this. And for a lot of the people out there that they're thinking, man, you know what? It might be time for me to start thinking about creating content, whether that's for my, just to build my reputation within my corporate job, because I know personal branding is something I should be thinking about to move forward, or just maybe they are thinking I might want to go on my own someday soon. And it is a long road and it looks hard to, to create content all the time. I'd love to hear a little bit about when you were getting started and you weren't getting paid to do this and you're like looking for a job. How did you, like, how did Correct. I wasn't actually ever looking for a job, which is currently <laughs> not gainfully employed. So there you go. Well, how do you keep, how do you keep creating when you're like, okay, I still need to figure out how to pay the bills too. So like, what, where's a, like, what did you do to pay the bills is a, a question number one. And then two is like, how did you keep that motivation to be creating when you're like, I also need to, I don't know, figure out my, my life. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a life hack right now, which I accidentally stumbled upon. So as I was creating videos on LinkedIn, just from literally day one, I'm in my one month sabbatical and I'm just thinking, I really shouldn't have an employment gap. I feel most people would understand if I took a month off, but also maybe what I should do is open a, and I'm doing air quotes right now, consultancy, right? I should say I'm a consultant, but I offered zero products. In my consultancy, I literally did not look for clients because I was busy creating content. I was just making a little bit of a shell company that I could then say, well, I ran this consultancy. Please hire me again to be your head of marketing or whatever, whatever role, CMO. <laughs> and the great irony of content creation is that that big consultancy became very real very quickly because I was... And once again, I wasn't getting a ton of views. Everyone thinks that I got like a million views. I wasn't. I was getting like 10 views. It started being like 100 views, which if you think about in grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of views. But those 10 views were from my network of people on LinkedIn, which at the time when I started was about 2,000 people. Is now at over, I want to say 50. I haven't checked recently. My over bad. 50, 000, over 50,000, yeah. Over 50,000. Um, and I would be getting people who were like, oh, you understand branding. How would you like to come in and consult on this or help us out with this? So that's how I bridged the gap was I actually was doing a ton of, and I still do consulting on the side where I help people with brands and I help people with strategy work and a lot of social media, of course, because I just, I love social media. So that is how I, I paid, you know, paid the rent slash mortgage is I, I had a fake consultancy that became a very real business that made significant money. And so I was very lucky in that respect, but also not just lucky, right? Because I was gaining brand awareness and that brand awareness was then translating into business for a brand that I was building, unbeknownst, honestly, even to myself at times. So... Yeah, well, let's talk about awareness for a little bit because, you know, it, that's that's a long game for a lot of people, right? That getting your brand discovered, like everyone tries to start creating uh, or not everyone does it well or really commits to it. But let's say people start creating. And for most people, that's going to be a long game. So when you had to think maybe outside of the box, maybe it just happened naturally and you're the the exception. But thinking about generating discovery for you and what you're trying to accomplish or us as individuals being creators what have you done? Like, did you do anything that was outside of the box or did, was it truly just organic and it was right place, right time? Well, I, I have the luxury of saying everything I did was outside the box because I was so early that literally everything I did, everyone said it was stupid. So I'm assuming when people <laughs> tell you you're stupid, it's outside the box. I will say even when I got into LinkedIn Live Beta, people were like, you should really be doing a live show that's like two heads on a still. And I do this sometimes, you know, a proper live show that's like properly lit. We have two 
heads and they're talking to each other and everything. The mics are perfect. But that bores me personally and creatively. So I don't do a lot of content that's super traditional, mostly because I personally believe other people on the platform do it better. And they're, they're going to truly excel at that type of content. So if they're going to excel at that type of content, I'm going to be really sucky at a kind of content that no one's ever seen before, especially on LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to throw a million ideas at people because what I'm hoping is that other people see that and they will get ideas for their own content. So one thing that I really advocated for early on when I was building the hashtag LinkedIn creator ecosystem is I really wanted new creators to feel welcome, to feel that they could say copy somebody else, but it wasn't, it wasn't ripping them off. It was just starting to try to express themselves and learn ways to express themselves so they could find their own voice. So I love to give people a lot of seeds that they can then try to grow into their own plants, their own trees. And I think that's really important to do when you're an early, uh, early adoptee of a platform. And I had a lot of people who were in that early, like I would say right around when it got 20 or 30, I had a lot of people tell me to shut it down. They didn't want me to be encouraging other people to join the beta or help them out. They wanted us to be like deeply competitive with each other. Uh, and I always saw it as my opportunity to be the mama bear of the community to make sure that people were learning. That's why I was so excited to teach the video course with LinkedIn because I thought this is a great time for me just to share with everybody. Like, there's no secret sauce really. The secret sauce is just I just get on the platform every day and I make a video. And is it perfect? No way. Like, that's the secret sauce is not perfection. Secret sauce is that I I was playful. And I had a good time doing it. Um, but on top of that, I was always pushing to try to try new things because that's what gets me going. I love the idea of new creators and supporting that kind of community. I mean, personally, my story, when I, when I was in advertising, like working at agencies for 18 years, I, I started to feel like, man, in five, 10 years, the irrelevance factor. I think as you age, you actually become less and less relevant in your, in your industry. And I was like, man, I haven't done anything that's not my resume. And so, and I think there's so many people like that that are starting to think, well, I'm not a, I don't want to be a creator. But I think that there's still, if you, if you decide to invest in your personal brand or your, just your growth at all, I think there's a sequence to some of this. And maybe there's no exact right or wrong. But I wonder what you thought of like, what's the first thing that got you started? Were you starting to write a little bit first to kind of develop your perspective, your opinions? Did you just go out and create? Like, I wonder what your sequence was. Mine personally was, I started writing to kind of just figure out my voice and what I like to talk about. And then I decided that like, I started to have opinions about things that I wanted to share in a more like direct way, which became podcasting. Like, what was your path? Do you think that there's a, a formula to it? Gosh, I wish there was a formula because let's, let's, uh, let's bottle that up and sell it. Right. Right. Um, but I don't think that there is one formula, one size fits all for if you want to become a more creative being right? If you want to become a creator, and most people don't want to label themselves as a creator, even if they are creating content, they want to be taken seriously as a professional because they want to be able to be gainfully employed, which I would never fault someone for. But I think that when you're just starting out, when you're just starting to have that nugget of the idea of like, I want to make videos or I want to write more, um, or I just, I want to be putting something out there in the universe. That's not just my nine to five job it's good to think about what you naturally gravitate towards. Because I think most of us naturally gravitate towards writing. Some of us naturally gravitate towards video. Some of us are really beautiful behind the camera, right? We take wonderful photographs or we have a really interesting visual perspective. We're designers. And so I think it's good to know what you've always naturally gravitate towards. I like to ask clients sometimes what they enjoy doing as small children. Like when they were really left alone and they didn't have to make money, what were they, what did they spend their playtime doing? What were they playing at? Were they making imaginary games or some of them, when they were making the imaginary games, some of them made the rules, right? And some of them, when they made the imaginary games, they were just the person to try and break all the rules <laughs> or, they, or they were the wild one and they led the bunch, right? Or they were the the fun one that just that kind of wrecked everything for everyone else. <laughs> so I think it's helpful to know as a child sometimes what you naturally gravitate towards. And for me, I love stories. I love narrative. When I was a kid, I always made up a million 
like magical stories and I drag people into playing uh, games with me and doing fake TV shows and things like that. And I've always thought that video is wonderful, but I did a lot more writing to be totally honest. My career was, I mean, I was a, I was in marketing. How could I not have just done a ton of writing? So I was just really doing a ton of writing, some very little video, uh, some still imagery. But um, I also wanted to do, once again, do video on LinkedIn because I thought no one will see this. That's also why I can put myself on camera because nobody's going to watch this. So it's fine. You know, I'm just going to put myself on a platform that no one will watch. Uh, Nothing will happen with this. And that's fine and dandy. And in three or four weeks, I will get off of my tush and I will get a real job (laughs) in the industry that I've been working for for over a decade. Um, And and you know, there was already people who were like, hey, so like, I just saw you left this place. Like, would you think about coming to us? And I was just like, you know, something interesting is happening. Give me a couple more weeks. And that couple more weeks became what's now two years. And it's pretty amazing to think about it because I looked up and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, two, that was two years of daily consecutive videos where I would, the first year I would wake up in a cold panic that I had not uploaded that video. I would, and I still dream. So disclaimer that I still dream about uploading content onto LinkedIn and watching that bar crawl by. Because for those of you that don't know, with all other content minus video, you can schedule it, right? And if I wasn't doing native video, like YouTube videos, I could also schedule that. But with native video, the past two years, I've been manually and painfully uploading. And this includes when I'm on a, say, transatlantic (laughs) between one country and another country, and I still have to upload within that 24-hour block of time uh, to make sure that I make it. I've, I've had some really close calls. I was with my friends in the desert, 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 because I live in Los Angeles, and I made them double back like 20, 25 miles to a Starbucks in the middle of the desert just so I could upload just a crappy, let's be honest, like not even the best video, but just a video because there was no way I was going to break that streak. Yeah. And you made this commitment to yourself. This isn't something that someone was holding against, like over you, you just committed to yourself. I think that's important that there's something that you, you, you keep your promises to yourself. I think there's a driving force there. I think that if you want to do something that's not even daily videos, but you want to put out a bucket of content, say even 10 written posts, right? Or 10 videos or 10 something, you have to make that commitment to yourself because unless of course a client is paying you to do that, that's very different. But if you're not getting paid to do it, you won't do it. If you don't believe yourself that you should do it, right? That you will hold yourself absolutely accountable for making that happen. Because there were so many times where I was just done and I was going to stop. And then I was like, no, I really want to get to 365, right? I want to hit that one year mark because no one else has done this before. And then somehow, very painfully, (laughs) 365 became 730 because I made a commitment once I passed that one year mark that I would try to get to 500. And 500 became 600, 600 became 700. And at 700, I'm like, well, we're just going to hit two years. <laughs> well, it's exactly. And I, I, I'm thinking back to the story you're telling about playing the games on, on, as, as a child. And uh, I was like, what am, what, who was I in that game? And like, I, I, I think I've always been the one who's asking, like, I'm more like the person in class that was asking the teacher, why? Like, why? Why? Why do I need to do the extra homework? I, I understand the problem already. Why? Like I was the questioner and the asker and in relationships, I'm like the listener and I'm like, not like the chatty chatty, which I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing interviews and I'm meeting people and I'm asking questions and asking why. So there you go. I fit that persona very well. But what I, I think some of the values I didn't see coming when I did this, at first it was, I just want to get my perspective out, out of me. But I realized in interviewing and in meeting other people, there's this like catalytic, like up, uptick in relationship development that I never thought of. I'd love to hear how that changed for you once you started creating and connecting with different and new people. Like, how did that change your relationships and how, and your your network in general? So, what people don't know about me because I love doing public speaking, like I love being in front of an audience, and obviously I do videos. Is I'm a huge introvert, so everybody's like, "No, you're an ambivert." I'm like, "Absolutely not," because when I'm in a group of people, 
and pretty much almost any time, even with my friends, I just get super exhausted and I need a lot of time to recoup personally from being exposed to a lot of people. And so as an introvert, being exposed to so many new kinds of people, I just, I love people's stories, right? I love hearing how people went from one place to another or what they're motivated by or what their side hustle is. Because even for somebody who's like a career engineer, I know one person, she's a career engineer at Microsoft. She's wonderful, but she has all these side hustles and the side hustles are not meant to be her career ever, but they're just the things that she's passionate about that she will always do on the side. I think it's wonderful to learn those little stories about people. So for me, it's just exposed me to so many more stories. And I will say this, most people think I pitched Forbes to get my column and I didn't. What ended up happening is Forbes, first of all, Forbes made me a Forbes fellow to suck up to me. So that's on you, Forbes. Uh, and, then, and then like a couple of months after that, they're like, how would you like to write this very specific column? So Forbes asked me to write about personal branding and storytelling in the digital age. I will say I actually went back to them and said, I would love to write about female CEOs and CMOs. And they said, absolutely not. <laughs> so, so I got shut down by Forbes because Forbes said, listen, there's no one else out there right now who's talking about personal branding and who's so invested in storytelling and branding the way you are. And they were just like, please just take this as our gift to you, you know, like, and just go write. So I've, I've been given this gift where I can write a very unique column that no one else is writing right now that Forbes is basically designed for me because they like what I'm producing in my LinkedIn videos. And they like the way I interview people and I talk to people about their stories. So I feel very lucky that that has happened for me, but also it's definitely given me a lot of exposure and ability to, to bring people to the front stage and put them on Forbes, put them on LinkedIn that have never had that feature before, but are doing really interesting, like different things. Um, there's somebody I just interviewed. Her name is Amanda Dybert. I kind of see that probably kind of wrong. Um, and most people know her because she, she writes for Teen Titans Go. She writes for a lot of different properties that are super famous. Like I think she does a Batman and Robin comic right now as well. She writes for TV film. But what I find fascinating about her is she does these very seemingly casual offhand Twitter questions that go viral. And they're so heartfelt. I think the last one she did last week was on tell me about somebody who's passed away in your life, but has impacted you deeply. And these questions have literally changed people's lives. And I've seen people in the, because I'm a lurker, I've seen people in the threads like comment how her questions change your life. So I did a spotlight specifically on that about her because most people who have ever offered to interview her and she's, she's actually very shy. So she doesn't like to do a lot of interviews. They usually say, you know, I want to interview you on this, the glossy things like the Marvel or the whatnot. And I said, no, I want to interview you on the thing that you're doing. That's really impactful daily for people that most people don't put two and two together that you do this. Um, and the best part is I released this article and this article is, it's not my most read article, but it's constantly reshared. And the best part is it's reshared with a comment. So people are just like constantly telling her, I never said this to you directly before, but you literally saved my life on this question. Um, I never said this to you before, but you are the reason why I married my wife. Like I never said, and I'm just, I, I love, love, love that this article and I get to be the ghost person behind it. This article is encouraging people to tell her how much and how impactful uh, her work, her social media work, which she doesn't get paid for, and she's not going to get paid for, how impactful that was for her life. So I feel very, very lucky that I get to take my platforms and I get to spotlight these wonderful individuals. And some of them are my friends, and some of them are just people I, I personally admire and I find fascinating that I can now talk to directly. Yeah. Have you had one of those, like some of those, like, uh, you know, fangirl, fanboy moments where you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm meeting this. Per I didn't think this was going to happen. Like, this is interesting. Gosh. Um, I don't really fanboy or fangirl over anyone. I will say because I am a huge, huge nerd, the only time that my friends have ever witnessed me fan or my, sorry, I should say my team ever witnessed me fanboying over somebody was I was at Blizzard Entertainment 
uh, and I play Hearthstone, which is one of the games that Blizzard makes. And one of, I mean, the head person for Hearthstone, which is a card playing game, and you play in different kind of, I guess you could call them ranks or classes. Uh, and we sat there, and I'm usually very cognizant of the people around me. I'm usually very aware. I don't like to waste other people's time. I don't like to take too much time for myself, like for myself away from other people. I just sat and I talked to him for 20 minutes, and then I looked up, and they were all just staring at the two of us because we were we were talking about literally cards playable cards within Hearthstone and building decks. And I had just lost complete track of time. And I, my, my mind was blown. And I just, I think that was my most fangirly type moment because here's a game I've been playing for years. And here's one of the people who are, is, is like a very thoughtful strategic architect behind this game. I don't know how much cooler it gets than that, but also I just, I just lost my mind. <laughs> and I think that we, I don't know, I hope that we all have those moments at some point in our lives. Because how wonderful is it to meet somebody that has built something that you love or like is working on something that you love and then you meet them and you're just like, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we, we've all, we all get there. I think there's people who just that, are, that it's exciting to meet them because you don't expect to run into them in the normal world or whatever. They're just like I'm doing it all the time. Like it's, if they're even a top podcaster, like it doesn't have to be like a, like a celebrity, you know, it, you know, it could be in your own little world. Uh, I think we run into people like that all the time. You're just like, I'm just impressed with what they've accomplished. I've met more people like that in the past year now that I've been creating than I ever have. And as we're well, I want I definitely want to stop you right there and say, I think to get back to the heart of what you were asking, I think one beautiful thing to do to just to meet more people is to interview people, which is what you're doing, right? And of course on this, but um, also what I do on some of my videos and what I do in my column is I love to interview people. It takes the pressure off of you to be constantly creating that content, but also you get to hear such beautiful, diverse, interesting opinions because they're, guess what? They're not yours. <laughs> I mean, they might share some similarities, but they will just never be exactly what you believe. So I love yeah, that. It's, it's, I, I was talking to, to uh, podcaster I look up to last week, uh, his name is John Lee Dumas, uh, has an entrepreneur's podcast. And I was like, so why is this people thing so important? Like it's instead of just you talking to a camera, he's like, because life is a collision of ideas. And I was like, just brilliant. I'm like that. It just spoke to me. He's like, it's a collision of ideas, a collision of people, a collision of opportunities. And he's like, you need both elements for that to happen. I was like, that's beautiful, man. Like, thank you for sharing that. I, I, as we're coming to the, the end here, uh, what I'd like to ask is a little bit about, since you're, you're still on this journey, um, but you've been in it now a couple of years. I mean, what has it meant to you that this, that this has taken off, that this thing that, that didn't have to go anywhere, that you know, didn't have to turn into like discovery out of no discovery, that you know, taking the road less traveled, uh, that turned into something that you can keep doing, that you're passionate about, that you love, that you're good at. What has it meant to you that this, is, that this has been working, that you resonate with people? I think it's, I'm still processing that to be totally honest. So I just passed my two-year mark um, and I just kind of put the, on daily videos, at least temporarily. But I am still trying to understand fully how the past two years have radically changed my life. So I did a little bit of a post, I did a little bit of a video on it, but it's been amazing for me. So I'm, I'm literally in Toronto right now. And it's because I did videos on LinkedIn that somebody will fly me out to Toronto to write about it, to create content about this place because of these free videos that I've made on LinkedIn. And I get to travel around the world. I've been, uh, I've been a tech ambassador for the mayor of London's office, right? I've been able to travel and get access to places that I never thought I would be able to get access to. For example, I'm just a huge nerd, so everything I cite will be very nerdy. But I got to see the HoloLens 2 early, which is very cool. I get to see all this tech very early because people want me to see it. They want me to cover it. I just get access to the kind of places and people that I didn't get access to two years ago when I was at what I, what I thought was the, literally the height of my career. Because when you're in marketing, you just want to get to that like career-wise, you want to get to that head of marketing, you want to get to that CMO. That's the top, right? I'm, I'm not really trying to gear towards being a CEO. I was just trying to get to the top of the marketing pile. Um, I got to it. And it's so fascinating to think that in two years, I've 
been able to access infinitely more than I did in a decade of working behind a desk, putting in those hours. I also do think though that that decade helped me really fast forward a lot of that because when I speak about branding and marketing, hopefully people understand that I come from a decade of knowledge and wisdom about it because I've been in the trenches putting out fires and doing this with significant brands. Um, and it's not just me making it up because I suddenly have a voice, right? It's uh, me taking all this experience that I always had. And then I suddenly have a voice that I can express that through. So that's two years in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I, I hope that you realize that even in just two years with the experience that you brought before that, that the impact you can have just by putting yourself out there like that and sharing your stories in a way that's authentically you, it's inspiring to a lot of us out here. And it's not just like kids coming up behind you or new creators, even the older guys in the room like myself, look up to people like you who have, have ventured out, who've figured you know, things out for, you know, and are still learning and growing and sharing your story. Uh, it is inspiring. And I hope you do get the time to like, to take a break and to like, you know, get to like, just appreciate the things that, that, uh, that you've accomplished because you, you do, you are setting, uh, setting an example that the rest of us kind of look up to and, and, and it's inspiring. So thank you for, for creating. Thank you for taking the time to be with me today, first off. And uh, I look forward to, to getting to know you more after this. And if, if people want to continue to find you and follow you, is there anything you're, you want, you're excited about that you want to talk about or just an easy way to get a hold of you? So you can see my, what I'll call a soft launch website because I'm still noodling around with it, but you can visit my website now at goldiechan.com. You can of course always find me at LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Goldie at one crazy point in time. Uh, I actually bought those, those individual letters, those <laughs> letters, and I made myself a blazer that had my LinkedIn URL. It was a very crazy time for me. I still have that blazer though. I should wear it more. You can also find me on Twitter at Goldie Chan, C-H-A-N, or on Instagram at Goldie Cylon, C-Y-L-O-N, because I love, love, love Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) Check it out. You heard it here. Goldie Cylon, Goldie Chan. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you again and enjoy, enjoy Canada. And we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.